What's up guys? Did you know that it's getting chilly outside? And we got hoodies, dude. He's got hoodies. You might want to go check out the link on dudeswall.com and get yourself an official duty hoodie and become a dooster. Work loud, work proud. Let everybody know that you're down with the duty. What's up, George? What's going on in the house of Chris tonight? In the house of Chris tonight, we have a friend of the show, Mr. Joe D. McPhee, will be coming through talking about his endeavors in the comic book independent comic book publishing industry. We're also going to be talking about writing on uh, somebody else's IP. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit because we're writing on somebody's IP right now. And we're going to discuss that a little bit. Plus, you know, all kinds of fun. So coming up next. Let's get it. We are the only show for independence all around. Giving you a platform to spread your word all over town. Cast the craze is the place to promote to your fans with the dream. The crazy man, subscribe to our show and never miss an episode. It's time to get your man to listen to us on the go. Updated every week, we never miss a day. Join the squad, come on in. It's time to catch the craze. If you are an independent, catch the craze. Making moves on your own, catch the craze. On your grind in the streets, catch the craze. Join the movement, catch the craze. <laughs> George, we did it again. Come on now. Now you want to do it. Catch the craze. Welcome to Catch the Craze Podcast. I'm your host with the most the crazy man, Vera. And I am with George the Dreamer, Madana. This kid went backwards on us. Backwards on us today. Started off with the beat, took off the beat. Yes, uh, what's going on, everyone? <laughs> Welcome to another exciting episode of Catch the Craze. I'm in the West Coast, so right now it is 5 p.m. I'm, <laughs> I'm in the West Side. West what time side, is it? Where I'm at, 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock in the afternoon? 5 o'clock in the afternoon wow. out here, son. Yeah, yeah, so we're going to be done here, get a little dinner, grab a little dinner with the fam. Uh, I fly back tomorrow, bro. It's been, a, it's been a fun week. It's been a fun week here in California. I actually... I got a chance to visit, but before we get into that, um, if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, comment below. Uh, if you're in the chat right now, say what's up. We'll pop your um, your your chat up on the uh, on the good old screen here. But uh, thank you everyone for for joining us tonight. Yeah, no man, I've, I've been here for about a week. Uh, I came to visit the fam for uh, Thanksgiving. And nice. I was telling you, I went out to Sacramento on Sunday, and I was in Sacramento, and um, I stopped by uh, a comic book store. And it's called Impound Comics. It's not your regular, you know, comic book shop, your local comic book shop where you sell, you know, you go in there and pick up a Thor comic or a Spider-Man comic. This is a brick and mortar store for the Impound Comics guys. And I don't know if you guys, it's it's these guys right here. It's uh, Impound Comics. They have their own comic book. It's, a, it's, it's an independent publishing company. It's an independent, you know, uh, indie that um, is actually doing their thing, man. They have four issues of their flagship impound and they created this store just for their own stuff they sell all of their merch that's all they do is sell all of their comics they have a uh, few comics that they sell impound is just one of their titles they have other titles they sell t-shirts hats so if you're in the sacramento area and you're in uh in uh what is it called doco downtown commons it's uh by the kings where the nba basketball team plays if you're in that area stop by say hello to the guys 
uh, really cool dudes doing it big. They had a Kickstarter for, they're trying to uh, put together like a movie that they're trying to do for their comics. So they're doing a lot of things, man. So I was there. So big shout out to them. And uh, and that was fun. That was a good time. It actually got us talking earlier about, you, you guys had an idea like that back in the days, right? Doing something like yes. that. Yes, when I was a youngin with uh, grandiose aspirations. No. Yes. Um, it was uh, in the beginning. What's up, Paul? Into his ass. Um, what up? It was, it was in the beginning when I first um, came up with the idea to have Crazy Media Group. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and it was going to hold all these divisions with Crazy Comics, Crazy Skills Productions, all that stuff. And one of the things we wanted to do was have a storefront. And open up a store where all the artists and writers and the producer, because we're doing music too, um, we had all of our tables in the back of the store, but in the front of the store was the shopping area. So you can see us at work and st and buy the stuff and you can interact with us. So that was the whole idea. We wanted like an yeah. open window storefront and you know, yeah. people, what's up, Gil? Um, yeah, that was the idea back in the days when we were young. We used to, we were like planning out how to rule the world. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool though. It was cool to walk into like somebody's universe, somebody's world. You know, you walk into the store and the whole thing is just them. Yeah. And it was it was really nice. It was really nice, man. Nice guys. And hopefully, you know, it works out for them. They, they, they're doing a lot of things. They have an app. They have a game called Impound. Um, they have a game. I downloaded it actually. It's pretty cool, man. It reminded me of the old school uh, video games you used to play like the Ninja Turtles, where it yeah. was just, you know, it just goes side by side. What up, Matt? So, uh, yeah, so it was good, man. It was good. It, it, it was good stuff. It was good stuff. But, uh, yeah, I go back. I go back to New York uh, tomorrow. I wish them luck. I mean, that's, that's, that's a tough endeavor. I wish them luck, you know. Um, oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not easy. I mean, again, no risk, no reward. You know, you, you only get one shot at the, in this game. You know, there's no rewind. So, you know, when you got it, go for it and, uh, you know, make the best you can from it. Yeah, man. Yeah, buddy. So yeah, so that was it. It's been it's been a good it's been a good uh, week here. I missed actually. I was supposed to be on on the show with uh, JD Calderon on Sunday yes. with you guys, and I wasn't able to make it out there because I had no service. But uh, but yeah, brother. So what? So so we got a few things going on. Dude, yes. obviously, he's making a comeback in January. So let's talk yes. a little bit about that. Yes. If you haven't signed up, uh, sign up for there's nearly my toilet book number four. Gotcha. The link is in the chat. Book number four. That's right. Book four. We got that far. So we're up to book four. George is actually lettering it as, as we speak. Um, and, um, you know, so I'm excited about that. And uh, uh, for those of you who come back, who've backed any of the first three campaigns and you coming back and get a physical tier in January 3rd when we launch, you're going to get this free enamel pin as my way of saying thank you. And this is a uh, it's pretty dope. It's a nice size. Um, of the iconic, this is what started it all. It was this image that started it all with Duty and his journey in uh, onto Earth from Uranus. So I'm excited about that. Thank you for the 28 people who've signed up already. Um, you know, I'm actually flatting the last couple pages, uh, and uh, and then once uh, John is done lettering, I'll send it out to the for the proofs, and hopefully I'll have the proof on time for the launch January 3rd, uh, so you can see what it looks like physically. So I'm excited about that. Um, and not only that, I just uh, uploaded a new episode of my experience at uh, at Cowtown Comic Con in Artist Alley. If you go to uh, Art of Samuel, check out my channel. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I think next week I have how I process my online orders. Um, so that video comes out. So every Sunday is a new video. And then I go, I do live streams um, randomly uh, on the channel. But um, I did uh, one at Dallas Fan Festival. So check out the Art of Samuel. The link is also on Catch the Crazy, the summary. And uh, if you haven't done so, subscribe to the channel. Um, you know, I think since I relaunched 
that channel, um, I, I think uh, two weeks ago, um, we added uh, 27 new subscribers to the channel. So thank you so much for everybody who joined. So that uh, was pretty dope. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man, definitely. Yeah, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Make sure you show check the channel yes. some love. What it looks like. That's what it looks yeah. like. There it goes. We are nearing episode 500 here on Cash and Craze. That is going to be happening. We're at 484 right now. So we're getting close to episode 500. So we're going to, next year, we're going to start, uh, you know, giving away, not giving away, but, you know, uh, selling some swag based yes. on the channel. We're going to have hoodies. We're going to have pillows. We're going to have um, uh, canvas bags. So if you don't feel lonely at night and, and, you, and you just need and you see somebody to hug, get Go crazy with a with a crazy sand pillow, and you can snug as much as you want. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, yes, you can snuggle along with uh, with go crazy there. Uh, but yeah, that that's gonna be that's gonna be available soon, coming yes. next year. Twenty twenty three is gonna be a big year, man. We're gonna have a lot of things, so that's happening. And then um, also episode five hundred when it goes live, obviously we're gonna be giving away some of this swag. So somebody will be able to win some of that stuff. So tell your friends, make sure you do subscribe to the channel. We're at 650 yeah. right now. Hoping to get, you know, hoping to get closer and closer to a thousand, a thousand. Sure. The other thing to do too is, um, can those pillows <laughs> be used for punching? <laughs> Woo! Yo, kicks, punches, whatever you want, bro. Knees. Yeah, the dream of pillow. The, yeah, the dream big elbows, elbows, the dream uh, pillow, you know, that's the one you want to put your feet on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do what you gotta do. Let, listen, let some stress yes. out, bro. Let some stress yes. out. Put them up, throw some darts on it, whatever you want. So it's Go yours. On there. It's yours. Um, yeah, whatever. But uh, but yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely check that out. And then um, also, if if when you if you guys get a chance, go to get your meds with a Z with a Z, get your meds.com. Yes. Pick up some comics, you know. Um, the Adventures of Wonder Dog is on there. Russ five three seven seven is up there. Yes. Uh, T-shirts, hoodies, like this one right here. Believe nothing hoodies. Let's yes. get those going. Um, Sam, also, I think you have hoodies for for uh, duty. There's an air in my toilet. Yeah, we started to, we started the show with the it, yeah. So yeah. The hoodies, yeah, yeah. hoodies are doing pretty well. Um, so you know the, the hoodie is, is that time of year to get to keep Sweater nice and warm and toasty. Sweater weather, hoodie hoodie. Yeah, it's actually chilly here too, bro. Be surprised. I thought it was gonna be a lot warmer here in Cali, but uh, the nights get cold. No, you know what's funny is that um, today was an anomaly. It was like in the seventies. It was so hot. I was like, wait, what's going on? Um, it was rainstorms and cold frost the past few days, and then today, I don't know where the sun came from. I don't know who turned on the oven, but I was like. I wasn't prepared for it. Like, you know, I, and I usually go out with my sweater. I'm like, oh, it's hot out here. I was in the garage working out and I was sweating. Normally I have like layers on and I can't even break a sweat because it was so cold. I'm like, oh, look at this. Yeah, yeah, it's the weather. The weather's all over the place. But it, it is hoodie weather. It is sweater it's, it's weather. Sweater. So make sure you pick yours up. Go to the website yeah. and grab yourself some stuff, man. But uh, okay. So we got that out of the way. Word. What else we got going on, Sam? What else we got going on? We got um, some. Uh, oh, yeah, we got a great topic. We got a great topic before you know on tonight um, that we're going to be talking about on the get your meds segment. Um, but um, I think we should go and get our meds right now. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Why not? Let's do it. It's time for your medicine. 
Writing someone else's ip. That was the reason for a little parenthesis at the bottom. Yeah, I know. No, that just, no, but that's, that's just a poking fun at myself because I read things as I see it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, it. <laughs> I didn't see I dot P. I said, I see it. Yeah. <laughs> Intellectual properties. Yeah. You know, for, I mean, for the longest, obviously, uh, Sam and I, we've been writing our own stuff, right? Our own comics, our own um, created uh, create our own things. You know, Sam obviously has you know, Forbidden and you have the uh, the kids' books and, you know, you have obviously There's an Enemy in My Toilet. I was writing Russ. I've been writing, you know, There's an Enemy in My Toilet. There's a... See what I did there? The Adventures of Wonder Duck. <laughs> yeah, the Adventures of Wonder Duck. Yeah, and a bunch of other things that I'm in the process of creating. But the opportunity came up uh, to write a, 10 pages for somebody else with somebody else's uh characters and, and, yes. and their intellectual property and so we decided hey man i think this would be a good idea let's do it so big shout out to paul hayden from asap imagination you guys definitely want to follow uh, him on instagram check him out he's an independent publisher out in the uk yes and uh, a few years ago maybe last year or maybe a couple of years ago he printed out uh, a book called perspectives and he actually, everything he made on that book, every, all the sales of that book, went to a charity. And uh, the charity, let me see if I can find it for you guys here, uh, was for the Dyspraxia Foundation. His son was, uh, has that. And so he decided to give back. And so he created this book and all, all the sales went to that. So this year he decided, you know, it would be a cool idea if I did it again. And he decided to hook up with... Um, an organization called uh, freeartsnyc.org, which basically gives money to kids, um, you know, who are in the inner city and provide money for the arts in their communities. Mm -hmm. So all the proceeds from this next book that he's putting together will go there. The next book that he's putting together is a book called Animatronics. Animatronics is an anthology. Okay, in the form, the, the reason why it's an anthology is because it's going to be written by 10 different artists, nine different artists, writers, uh, writers, and it's going to be drawn by 10 different artists. And so it's one story, it's one story, but each one of us gets to write 10 pages. And I wrote my 10 pages just last week. Sam is on deck now, so he just finished his 10 pages. But um, we decided, you know, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the experience. And obviously, Sam's going to be on with, uh, with Paul this weekend because. He's got to pull out the next name out of the hat so that the next writer can come in and write the next 10 pages. But we figured, you know what, let's talk a little bit about animatronics and our experience writing somebody else's intellectual property. How did you feel, Sam? How, how was that experience for you? I think, um, first of all, what's unique about this project is that it was just like the, uh, the spinner. Right. Names are thrown in there. You don't know what order you're going to be in. You don't know when you're going to be up to write your, your 10 pages. Um, and so um, I think that's what makes it fun and interesting because um, <clears throat> uh, you like, for instance, I had six people before me. So um, I spent four hours um, uh, reading through the six I call them chapters. Each 10 pages for me was like a chapter. So I went, you know, four hours reading through it and then take hi highlighting key things that I need to remember. And then, and, and before I started sitting down and brainstorming what I'm going to do next. So I thought it was a really interesting, I've never been in part of something like this before. Very interesting. Um, um, 
it definitely challenges you creatively because you have to be able to tell a cohesive story within 10 pages, follow a rhythm that's already been set, right? And and not only that, but also try to complement the previous writers by maybe closing up some holes, answering some questions. So you want to be able to not not make it more complicated, but try to make it seem like each page, each writer just continued to respect the story and it just got, you know, and complement it where it was going. No, so I thought it was very fascinating. Um, um, it, it definitely worked a set of muscles that I haven't used. Um, uh, it forced me to think outside the box, um, uh, and also within that 10 pages, because what I found, what I found happening is I wanted to finish the damn thing. <laughs> like I want, you know, it's like I wanted to, to keep writing because, um, this, you know, I think the, the, the characters and the concept that Paul has come up with, um, is really fascinating. I think people are going to enjoy it. Um, and it has so much potential. Um, uh, and so I think I had fun with it, but it's very interesting because it's not yours. So then you have, so you have to be, you have to respect the identity of the characters and all the other stuff in the, and, and that whole thing. Um, so you, you couldn't just go run amok. Um, so I think it was very interesting. So you had to work within a, a the, like almost like four walls. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I was, when I, I was, on, I was on with Paul, uh, last week and we were talking about like, you know, he goes on and you guys go on and, and you'll, you'll be live with him on Instagram. And we just talked about, you know, I, how I felt about the whole process. And it was cool, man. It was like playing. It, it, it was like going to your friend's house when you were kids, grabbing their toys and just, you know, playing with their action figures and creating stories as you went along. And every time some something you pulled something out of a box, you just, you know, started playing with that particular character. And that's exactly what it was. And it was it, it, it was a really, really good time. And, um, you know, animatronics, it, it's, it's almost an ode to like the 80s and 90s cartoon, more so the 80s cartoons that we grew up watching, you know, and it, it's, it's, you know, it's the G.I. Joe's, it's the... Uh, in humanoids, humanoids, <laughs> GoBots, you know, yeah. Transformers, like those things. So and so, yeah, yeah, very much so. So it was fun to kind of, you know, write in that vein. What was also fun for me, you speak about the guys that come be, or the, the, the guys and girls that come before you, is that everybody's got their own style of writing, right? Yes. So you're very reading different. through very different. So you're reading through their writing and you're like, oh, snap. Some people are very, you know, technological when it comes to yes. their writing and they had a lot of technological terms. And, you know, some people had big, you know, panel descriptions where everything was detailed in the panel. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, a, you know, I was like, I'm glad I'm not the artist on that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, dude, the artist. Holy cow, man. I said this. You guys are either going to have a lot of fun or a lot I'm of gonna hate it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You're going to love it or hate it when you get whoever. Because the other thing is, once the all the, all the writers are pulled out of the hat, artists get pulled out of the hat and matched up to those ten yeah. pages. So it's an interesting experiment. So I think it's going to be a lot more challenging for the artists because yeah, because so. a lot of artists have specific go tos and things that they avoid. Right? This is going to force you to do a lot of things that maybe some might not anticipate it. Right? Mm -hmm. So like, there's some big big elaborate scenes and um, a lot of, you know, images and back stuff. So I think it's going to, it's good, really going to force, it's, it's a great exercise um, to help uh, further your craft. I think that's what this, this whole thing is. It's a, if that's why I looked at it, um, you know, I think 
the first thing I did was um, I had a dry eraser board and I was like, all right, these are all the characters that were introduced per chapter. This is where they're going. I have questions here. I have questions here. Let me see if I can answer the question when I write here. Let me see if I can answer that question because I was, I was looking at it as a reader first. And then I was like, all right, now how can I how can I streamline it? And then how can I add my own twist to this and make it even more interesting? Um, so I think f from that point of on, uh, from that point of view, I felt that when I looked at, when I looked at some of the pages, like, Oh man, if I had to draw that, Ooh, I don't know how long it's going to take me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, yeah. you know, so I'm, like I'm really, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see who the artists end up, um, do and what artists get what chapter because some right. some writers are like you said they they, they went to town they, exactly. they went to town and i was like holy crap look at that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey you'll be happy to know my stuff a lot of my stuff takes place in very dark areas very like in the woods. <laughs> so you're not gonna have too much trouble with perspective and all that other stuff hopefully it, it, sh it should be fine i wasn't trying to screw anybody over but you know i do have to say like so writing for somebody else is, is different than writing for yourself, right? Because yes. obviously, you know, you, you're, you're, and I don't want to say you're, you're, you're bound. You're bound by what you can actually do. Not in a bad way. It's just what it is, right? Yeah. yeah, you are. Because you have, there's a voice for each of these characters. And the thing is, you, you read the whole thing. So as you're reading the, the pages, every character now has, a, a, I guess, a personality. That you got to kind of like keep moving along through the yes. through the script as you go along, so that it doesn't look like this is a different it's a different character. Somebody else wrote it, so you have to keep that in mind when you're writing these things. So there are different things that when you're writing your own stuff, you don't have to worry about that stuff. The other thing that I did appreciate about this particular project was that we had we have a um, an editor on the job, mm -hmm. and big shout out to her, man, Lori Cunningham. She's been doing her thing. She's been. She's been um, editing everybody's work. It's going to be interesting when she comes up and writes because then I guess I, I'm assuming Paul's going to have to edit her stuff. Right. But she's been kind of like she's been in charge of reading the entire story, making sure that it sounds the same, that it is cohesive. So she'll send you notes like, you know, this, you know, do this or maybe we try this or what, you know, she'll give you just some constructive, you know, just criticism to make it sound great. And that's something that when you, you know, when you work on your own, sometimes you don't, you don't have, and you should, I think you should have an editor, but a lot of times we don't as independent mm -hmm. artists, we are our own editors, which yes, granted is probably not the best way to do it. It isn't the best way to do it. You probably should have somebody else read it and come in and, and, and pick it apart because you don't see what you don't know. Like you just, you're just writing. So you think everything makes sense. Right. It, it isn't until somebody else reads it that you realize, oh yeah, I missed. I didn't put that in there. Duh. I should throw it in. So that part of it was also um, different, and it was fun. It, it was it was fun to do that too. Yeah, it was a great exercise. I think um, um, once I, you know, I think I think everyone should try something like this once in a while, especially blindly, because that's what it, basically what it was. Is like you know you you don't know when your numbers up, and then you have to try to you, you almost like play catch up, right? And then um, so you know, I think the the best thing I did was. Um, Isolate. I, I, I compiled everything to one book, but then I isolated the chapters, and then I highlighted, and I and I used his. I printed out his villains and heroes list, and then I highlighted who was introduced on what chapter and whatever, and then I then I circled their profiles. Um, 
And then I was connecting the dots. And, and then once that was done, then I was like, all right, where do I go from here? Okay, this person alluded to this, but it didn't really answer this question. So maybe I should answer that question. And that's that's how I was piecing it together. Then I said, all right, I need, there's got to be some sort of twist as to, we were talking about it offline. I was like, there's a, there's a, there's a situation where there is no law enforcement. There's nothing around that's happening. Only, only the news. Why not? There has to be something even bigger behind us. So, you know, so I was like, all right, so how can I make it even more um, 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 interesting, you know, for, you know, then, you know, the, the, the next writer is probably going to, you know, have fun or be like, damn it. Um, well, but it's, I, I, think, I think that's the fun part. I think, you know, for me, it was like, you were talking about where you were the, you would go with the story. And then I had like my own impression of where I would go with the story. So that's what makes it even more interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think that because we're at the tail end of, of, of the book, it is nine, there's nine writers. So <laughs> I, you were six, right? So we have to start closing up some of those, some of those things. I'm stealing all these strategies there. <laughs> you, you have to, you have to, you have to kind of like start closing, up, closing some of those, some of those, um, you know, plot holes, so to speak, yes. because they're not necessarily plot holes yet. They are plot holes if we don't close them. So, as you're writing towards the tail end of it, you have to start kind of like, you know, putting these things in place. I, I kind of read the stuff as it was being put up, so I didn't have one big thing to read. I kind of, I knew what the story was. Cause every time, every time Paul posted, Oh, the pages are up. I'd be like, Oh, snap. And I go in there. And <laughs> yeah, not me. I, I love that. Yeah, I, I loved it. I, <laughs> I loved it, man. I loved it because I'm, I, I like to plan. Like I'm not, I'm, I don't, I don't like to come in at the very end and just do one big read. It would be too much for me, especially cause I don't have the time to read everything all at once. I still did it. And mm -hmm. I still had to print everything out. Like I had one file of all of the pages. So I read it in one big um, thing, but it was just a refresher at that point because I had read the stuff before. Mm -hmm. So, and, and again, that's the beauty of this this project is that everybody works differently, right? Yeah, Sam I did it the same way I did it in college. In college, um, where everybody's cramming and cramming and cramming, the day of the, 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 the exam, whatever it was, a couple of hours before the exam, I'm in the staircase and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm speed reading, going through yeah. keywords that, in my that's, mind. That's cramming. What you yeah, just I did exactly it. No, 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 people do it like <laughs> you were crying. I did it. I do it right before because it stays in my mind. I have to have it all together. If it, 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 whatever I'm in, I'm doing, I have to have it all there because I work that way. Um, I have to see it. I don't like getting it in pieces, so that's why I waited. I said, "Nah, I'll wait till I get it, and then I'll spend an it, entire day on it, trying to process it." It was. It was like waiting for pages to come out was like waiting for the next comic book to come out every month. Like that's how it was for me. Like. 10 pages are up. Cool. I'm going to read them because they come out every two weeks. So it was like waiting for the next comic book to come out for me to read the next 10 pages. That's the way I looked at it. And then when it was my turn to go, it was like reading the graphic novel. It was like re reading the straight paperback of all of the comics that I picked up throughout the thing. So now I'm reading it. So I read it twice, basically. I read it as they were coming out and then I read it again. And that helped me kind of create my, my 10 pages because every time somebody wrote something i'd be like oh i would go here let me see if i get picked next week it wasn't me all right i guess i'll have to wait till the next week and then it was the next week came and then all right this is how we write that and it wasn't me so when i finally got it i already knew where i wanted to go with it because i had read all that stuff um yeah it's been beautiful watching it grow and and so paul paul now is going to have the 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 uh i guess the job of finishing it yeah. so he's going to write the last 10 pages i was hoping to go before him <laughs> you're hoping to go before him. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, man. So he's gonna have to go uh, and finish it up. So everything, everything that's been that's been kind of like been put down, he's gonna have to put it all together and um, and finish it up. So it's gonna be interesting to see where where it ends. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think the, the readers are going to be the the benefactors, the beneficiaries of all this, mm-hmm. um, because um, I think I think just by reading it. Um, I enjoyed it. It's something that I would have on my bookshelf. Um, uh, I think uh, everybody really wanted to make certain that they um, put the best foot forward, you know, and I enjoyed reading every step of it, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, and, and and kudos to Paul for providing a summary and the character bios, um, you know, separately, because that's what helped me um, uh, yeah. with my process, because it was all there. And I just all I had to do was cross reference everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because there's so many, there's so many, you know, chefs in the kitchen at that point, right? Everybody's, everybody's doing something with, with that, with that recipe. So it's, yeah. I mean, I, as the longer we go along and obviously, you know, what we have, we have uh, three, people. three more, three more people to write. Yeah. So, there's Paul, um, Laurie, and, Laurie and, and, and uh, uh, one more, and I can't remember the name. Um, but yeah, so it's three left. So now they have to kind of put the pieces together and close it, you know, put a nice little bow on it. And uh, close it out. Word. That's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So yes. I can't wait. Um, yeah. That should be out. Hopefully, will be out sometime next year. Um, by the time all the art gets put, you know, obviously the writing is being done now. And then, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, you know, I, so I have a question. I'm the Paul Stallone there. Paul, how long do the do the artists have to draw their pages now? You know what I mean? Yeah, done, done, done is right. Are you giving them a time frame? Like we had two weeks to write, but I think we need more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, forty-eight hours to draw ten pages. Go. Um, so that's gonna be that's gonna be a, a challenge, man. I, I, I'm telling you, these these artists. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it's oh. gonna be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was that was this episode of Get Your Meds. If you yes. like this episode, give us a thumbs up if you haven't done so already. If you listen to Cast the Crease for the first time, please subscribe. Um, when we grow, the indie community grows, and we like to put uh, shine the light on our guests. And speaking of guests, we have one in the radio room right now. His name is Joe D. McPhee, and he is chomping at the bits to get him on here and talk about his endeavor in all things creative. So uh, let's bring on our guest. Welcome, Joe. Yo, what's going on? What up, brother? How you doing? I was was enjoying the conversation. I was enjoying (laughs) that. I was like, that was some good meds. Some very good meds. (laughs) Yeah, man. How you been? No, I'm I'm, I'm just hanging in there. Hanging in there. Still trying to get things done. It's it's not good to always be a one-man army. I hear you. I hear you. So, so Joe, for those who don't know, introduce yourself to the audience and, and let us know. Are you a writer, artist, or both? I'm kind of a little bit of every, every, everything, but let me go ahead and explain it this way. Mm-hmm. I am Joe D. McPhee. I'm the president of Exigency Studios. I am the creator, writer, and artist to Amazonia and Primetime Saturday Night, and I'm also about to get ready to take over the art duties for AWF as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in the independent comic publishing business for over a decade now. Uh, I have worked on a lot of different um pro amateur projects and over this past year i worked on my very first licensed project so that's the reason why i found you know this this session of get your meds so interesting because my experience was a little bit different because i actually wrote outside my normal genre for the first time (laughs) that's the other thing writing outside your genre so how did you handle it What, what what were some of the challenges 
pretty much I have to get into the mindset of the license IP. And and it's safe for me to do it because I'm no, no longer up under an NDA because the book has been already released. Um, I had did a eight page story for the known franchise of, of um, the sword and the sorcerer. Uh, if you know Ozzy Longoria, he has the current license for the sword and the sorcerer. And I did an eight page um, story for him. And I got to actually introduce two new characters to the lore. Wow. Uh, sword and sorcerer so that was unique in within itself and having the movie to go off of and looking at you know what you could do and having some freedom because i wasn't like pinned up into a box per se to look at oh you can only use these characters he gave me the instruction of creating a brand new female character and you know kind of highlighting and bringing her into this mythos so I pretty much did that looking at the movie and kind of glancing. It's like, what would be an interesting female character in this particular fantasy setting? And pretty much I came up with a slash pirate slash dock worker who would happen to be in this one town and happen to bump into the main character. And one thing led to another. And now they're a part of this pirate group. That's awesome, man. Nice. So, they, so they gave you the, the the green light to do this. They 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 were like, go ahead and create. Were there any like were there any stipulations? Like were there any things that you couldn't do with this character because it was going to be part of a of a mythos that's already existing? That was pretty much left up to my imagination. But I got everything approved before I went ahead and gave the final, you know, draft over to him. Mm. So I had to literally pitch. Right. what I was thinking first and wow. then I wrote it out for them to use in the in the actual comic book anthology yeah how, how tough was it to write eight pages man because we we had 10 pages to write and 10 pages went like this like so yeah. how, it's how easy no it's, it's like when you first start it's like man eight pages is a lot but once you get typing and you think about all your scenes and everything it's like wait a second I'm about to go to 12 pages. I need to <laughs> yeah. reel it back in, reel it back in. Right, Let's bring it right, back right. some. Let's bring it back yeah. some. It's like, okay, I need to cut this out. I need to cut this out. Got to keep it concise. Got to keep it, keep everything moving, keep everything flowing, keep, you know, keep, you know, keep pushing the envelope, but yet you can't go too expository. Right. Right, right. Do, do you think that you'll do that again? Will, will you write for somebody? Oh, I, would, else I would love to continue yeah. working on that particular ip for those characters that i created because of the simple fact that i i see that see how talent could fit in to that in his building up his character as far as all of the um knowledge and skill that he eventually gained before he you know faced the you know the sorcerer that he did in the movie mm. so i wrote this story as if you know this was young talent after as after he saw you know seeing his parents and stuff get you know get killed he leaves the country and as he's flee you know fleeing away from the person who took over his kingdom you know this is one of the adventures that he went on and he's going to gain experience and everything to that magnitude become okay. the awesome fighter that he is it's it's funny man because like as a writer right like for example you create these characters they become part of you man like the way you speak about them even now it's yeah. like, yo, man, I would love to do another story about that. How would you feel reading somebody else writing that 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 character? Maybe you 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 were like, man, that's not what I was thinking for. It. Do you think that it would be it would hit you like in a way where they'd be like, damn, why did they do this to my character at this point? Well, 
maybe because I'm the type of writer, it's like, oh, they went that way with it. I go like, <laughs> interesting. Right, right, right. And I do the Fu Manchu, be like, hmm, that, that, that pie man, like, hmm. hmm and then right? I could come back. I could always come back later and right. use what they did and do what I need to do to really make the character shine. Because any little addition can, you know, add to the spice right. that can make or break a character. Oh, absolutely, man, absolutely. And, and so you've been doing this, you said, for over a decade. Um, some of the stuff that you've been working on, Amazonia is one of those books that you actually had a Kickstarter not too long ago, uh, mm -hmm. finish up, and you were very successful with that Kickstarter. So tell us a little bit about Amazonia. Like, wh where did that come from? Where did the idea for that come from? Amazonia is, see, this is the thing. Amazonia is actually a spinoff book. Mm. I start with my spinoff book, then the actual main book, because I still feel that I don't have a true audience for the main book, which is Last Line of Defense. Oh, okay. And that's because of the main character. The main character is going to push people's buttons so much that I don't know if people are ready for it. So instead of doing that one, I used the secondary character in that series, which was Elisa Masters, which is codenamed E, and came out with uh, Amazonia, The Continuing Adventures of E, where she finally leaves last line of defense to start life over again in her hometown now mind you the reason why she left in the first place in high school is because she got you know, she got accused of murder at her high school prom when it was really self-defense and because she had superpowers it wasn't looking good for her so eventually there was a deal that was made for her to go into this government program she had to leave immediately and it turns out that, you know, she was deemed innocent after everything was, you know, done and over with. But she has she wants reconciliation, you know, for for that for that aspect of with the city and everything, because she feels that, you know, she was treated like a monster and she still feels like an outcast. But yet at the same time, she wants to go home and try to live a normal life back in her hometown. So you, you're saying this is a spinoff book. So normally, you know, your spinoff book, you usually you might get the origin story in a spinoff book that you maybe not, didn't get in the main book. Is that how you're treating this? Are you treating mm -hmm. spinoff so you can get her origin story versus what you would see in the line of defense? Yes. Okay. Her origin is not going to be talked about in Last Line of Defense at all. Okay. It's all okay. it's all going to happen in the Amazonia book, especially dealing with her family heritage on her mother's side. Hmm. Interesting, man. Interesting. Where, where did the where the the character the idea for the character come from? It, was it based on somebody you knew, or how, how do you how do you come up? No, with it, it's it's inspiration being taken from a myriad of ideas from reading things like Wonder Woman glory from image and a couple other things here and i'm looking at this specifically like amazon's attack if, if you remember that five issue series from dc where dc opened up the door saying like well there's amazons from all different cultures and then i also look at what um the just imagine series that um stan lee did and those short stories that he did and he did one with wonder woman where Wonder Woman actually expanded from more of an Aztec culture than Greek. Interesting. Okay. What I where I'm going with Elisa is that I'm going to use Incan. I gotcha. And it's it's surprising because you know being that she's you know mixed between African American 
and you know Latin America, more like South America. People would think I would go African. I was like, no, I'm thinking Incan because I, you know, I I find a lot of stuff about NT and a lot of history over there about their gods more interesting and humble because it's like when you really read about you know that that lore and that history, it seems like their gods were more like you and I. Yeah. However, the circumstances that they went through made them that much more. Yeah. And there's, there's a little, there's little known. Yeah. And there's little known about the Incan, um, you know, uh, Indians versus the Aztecs. You know, everybody, the Aztecs and the Mayans, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And even, even to a certain extent, um, the, uh, uh, the, the ones of uh, the Indians from Puerto Rico, um, that, that were out there. What part of South America are you exploring in, in that book? Uh, in, in, in between, you know, pretty much like the, uh, the Amazon jungle basin area, not Brazil itself, but on the outskirts, right on like the edge of the actual Incan empire. I'm going to have like a little B section. I already have it like mapped out on an actual South American map based upon, you know, the old Incan maps as far as how their empire was laid out. It's going to be like a very small little pocket where the city that her mother and those legendary Amazons that she's going to be a part of is going to reside in. But that's getting into the second story arc of Amazonia. I almost finished with the first story arc, which goes 15 issues. So we're already on issue number eight. So we're like at the halfway point. That's cool, man. So that sounds like that sounds like like Peru, Ecuador, like yeah, along mm-hmm. those lines over there. That's awesome. Peru, That's Ecuador, awesome. and you know, like right there before you get into like the other half of that jungle before you get into Brazil. Yeah. So right. you got like that big old um jungle area that divides those two areas in half. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what's fascinating about just writing and the creative world is because this world in itself is so rich and so much history that you can take something and and just play play and 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 bring attention even if that wasn't your intention but bring attention to an area or to a culture or or to a a a a group of people that no one even gave a second thought to and i think that's what's fascinating there's so much um sand on the beach mm-hmm. to be able to play with and build your own castle. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, and it doesn't it's not gonna sound forced, Joe, Joe because mm-hmm. you're creating it. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like you're changing somebody's, you know, culture to fit, you know, something that you're doing. You're creating it. So you could just do it now. You know what I mean? And that was the cool thing because the more I read about the Incan heritage and their gods and everything and the key gods that I wanted to use it made it that much more interesting for me to write it because it falls into what I really wanted to do with Elisa in the long run, as far as her discovering her ancestry. In a way it's, she's eventually going to become like a reverse wonder woman. Mm -hmm. And I had to always explain that because everybody think about what is reverse wonder woman. (laughs) If you ever follow wonder woman lore, she was chosen to be the hero of the world. You know, she was like the best Amazon to go out yeah. to the world of men and to save and bring peace to the rest of the world. Yeah. Elisa, on the other hand, she's going to eventually learn that she's going to bring their people back to balance. Yeah. 
and save them from the rest of the world. Right, right. Is is, is, like is this yeah, do too. Is is this story almost like a prequel to this to, to the original story or is mm -hmm. it going to take place in a completely different kind of it's not No, this this is several years after. Several okay. years after the main events of the main book Last Line of Defense. And so so have you written so that book is written it's has it hasn't been drawn it's just never been released or where are no, you No that it's partially written I have never okay. went ahead to go ahead and put it in production Okay and to give you an idea what last line defense is it's pretty much uh the story of Jonathan Mason that's the name that's why I named the character mm -hmm. he is you know a, a person who was you know, being former Air Force, a for, former Air Force soldier who was a part of this, you know, pilot program and everything. And he was testing this one aircraft and testing this one aircraft. He almost met his end. But just before he died, the almighty pulled him away. Hmm. And in doing so, he was away from society learning about how to be the perfect man and, and learning the things of angels and everything to that magnitude and eventually became like how in most uh, scriptural texts was saying mocking the perfect man. It's like it was only one other person that got that God actually saw that was pleasing to him and he removed him from the earth. So with Jonathan Mason, he pulled him from the earth. He learns everything and, and whatnot. But the higher power sent them back. But when he sent them back, he gave him a part of his will. So now, you know, it's pretty much he was he's kind of like one one in tune with the almighty. Interesting. By doing so, he lost his humanity. He had to relearn how to become human again. Mm. Yeah. And doing so, he also had to lead a military force while trying to become while trying to regain his humanity. Yeah. Interesting, man. So do you think that at when do you think we will be ready for something like this? I have to, I, I just look at the trends and everything when it comes to what people are reading as of right now and everything to that magnitude because as of right now, people are reading a lot of horror. People are reading, you know, a lot of fantasy. This really doesn't fit into any of that. I mean, to me, this is more of kind of like a thriller type something else. Mm -hmm. And so, I think to myself, it's like if people really get to love Amazonia and what I'm doing with Amazonia, especially when I get to that third story arc, right about that time, I could go back and say, if you love this, this is the story that brings it all together. Right, right. And, because you know, it, Jonathan, Jonathan Mason is going to eventually show up in Amazonia soon. Gotcha. So it, it sounds like, and we talk about this sometimes, uh, Sam, mm -hmm. on the show, where artists and creators have to put on their business hats and think like a businessman, um, as a businesswoman also, as well as a creator. And it sounds like you're kind of doing that. A little bit, right? You're 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 kind of seeing where the market is, and then you know dropping them with that. Now, do you think that in waiting um, for the right moment, are you ever afraid that you might miss the right moment if you wait too long for it? How do you how do you tackle 
uh, that 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 mindset. No, I, to me, it's like you come out with it when you come out with it. It's, it's never going to be a right moment. It's like even if you pull the trigger early, right? It's still out there. You still have to market it. Mm-hmm. It may not catch on right away, and that was the hardest thing that I had to learn with Amazonia because I almost gave up on Amazonia at issue number three. Really? Why? Well, because at first people wasn't looking at it per se because again when people look at comics what's the first thing that they that they always comment on Mm -hmm. they comment on the artwork right they comment on hey you know that cover looks okay but i don't know the artwork is you know man it's, it's it's there but it's not what i what i prefer right because of that they won't delve into the actual story to read it to see what it's truly about Mm -hmm. and with amazonia by the time issue number three was coming out and and now mind you by that time i also had awf i started with awf i was already at like going issue number three going to issue number four by that time i had like a a gray corn cover for awf the artists that I hired, you know, everything was rocking and rolling and people were, you know, was picking it up. And it's like, you know, wrestling fans and stuff like that was picking that stuff up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazonia was really a harder sell. Mm. It yeah. wasn't until Comicsology decided to pick it up for its submit program that I saw that change. Uh, okay. And when Comicsology picked it up, the co-owner of Comicsology eventually came time to my booth that following year and he pulled me over to the side it's like you don't realize how many fans of your work you have over here at comiXology that's awesome people are waiting for that next issue hmm. and i was like really it's like you wrote a good story you need to get your lettering up you need to get this up and you need to get this up. and they, they was literally helping me fix those things well, yeah well to get it to that next level and to get it to that next level and then the first the more i kept going with amazonia and the more i put it in front of other professionals there's always getting me it's like you got something here look at this look at this look at this fix this fix that keep going now joe let me ask you a question because i think i think you know, independent artists sometimes or like you know the smaller guys who maybe are just coming up sometimes their ego is a little bigger than their mm-hmm. bank account, right? And so they hear things like what you're saying and they're like, man, you don't know what you're talking about. Do you think <laughs> that it makes a difference when it's the person who's telling you to make those changes that will make them change it? Or do you think people are just stubborn and they'll just be like, ah, I'm not listening to anybody. Do you think that the fact that it was the people from Comixology that told you to do those things, do you mm-hmm. think that made a difference um, in, no. in your change or no? No, it's it's more along the lines like this, and and I, I got a perfect exact perfect way to to show you this here. Yeah. If you if you if you bear with me here. Yeah. That is how the first Amazonia looked. This is issue number one. This is the outer print Amazonia. This is where I started started out Amazonia with back in two thousand eight. Oh, okay. That right. was my art skills at that time. Right. So this is like the only copy that I ever have left in, in like I said, signature series nine. Slab, that's awesome, dude. Now, let's fast forward a bit. And Joe's taking the crate. I love it. This is the version that I put out with Comicsology. OK. 
I went back and redrew it and everything, and it became a hit, all because they asked me to redraw it. Nice. To be a part of the submit program. Yep, yep. And you went and made the changes. Now, what? So you changed artwork? Did you change anything in the story? Or they love the story? So you like the story? They love the story. They, they love the story. I redrew. I redrew every last page. Wow. Wow. I redrew every last oh, page. Yeah. So they, they, I think that's fit, a great to fit their format and everything. Yeah. So talk, that's that's very interesting, um, Joe. So where were you mentally when you knew that you had to go back and redo the whole thing? Mentally, I was up here torn. I was kind of torn because I looked at it. It's like from what they from what they were I've told. It's like you wrote a good story. So you kind of conflicted because it's like if your story is that good, why do I have to redraw it? Right. But from where I was at and the lowness that I was at with Amazonia at that time, and seeing that people wasn't picking it up when I was at conventions and shows and stuff because they was originally seeing this type you know this type of artwork on there it made me think it's like they have a point will this ever succeed if the art level stays like this right then you know working with the people that i have talking to the other artists that was working with AWF and everything and they kind of made me look at it it's like you have a digital distributor liking your work what would it hurt if you go ahead and just redraw it and I say you know what that's right the colorist that one of the colorists that I wanted to hire said this pretty much the exact same thing what's it going to hurt if you redraw it and at that point you understand it becomes you have to fight the ego at that point. Go ahead and redraw it and right. do what is necessary to be done. Because if I didn't, I would have never got into a 10th anniversary. Damn, Joe. I was going to ask you, how many how many issues have you done since, man? Like, how, where are you at with the story? Uh, I'm about to get ready to start issue eight. We just okay. got through funding for issue number seven. We had success with that. And that was the other thing. I came to the whole crowdfunding thing late in the game. And I came also with a little bit of an ego too, because mm -hmm. normally most people will go to crowdfunding. It's like, I'm going to re-release my issue number one and go from there. I was like, no, I don't have time for that. <laughs> uh, and, and the way I say I don't have time for it, because if I'm working on issue number six and I ask and I want money for issue number six, I'm going to tell you about, where we're at right now with issue number six and i went against conventional wisdom mm -hmm. so i did my first campaign to deal with issue one through issue six we barely got funded people were happy with it and then i learned from my mistakes from that it's like you know what issue number seven we're going to have to make sure that we have a catch-up tier that is clearly displayed and everything we're going to give away issue number one you know, make it free, have the link where they could download it and they could read issue number one for free and everything to that magnitude. You know, we're going to, you know, do the things that we should have done if we would have slowed down and did it, you know, issue one, two, three, four, five, and, and did it in in, the, in that succession. But like I said, I'm, I'm more into like here now, if I'm working on issue number eight, 
I want people to invest in issue number eight. I don't want them to go invest in issue number one and then tell them it's like, oh, I really didn't need the money for issue number one because that's already done. I'm using that money for issue eight. I want you to put your money where we're working at. So the next time around, issue eight comes through, we're going to have a campaign for one through eight where you can always catch up and buy and everything to that magnitude. Now, my biggest problem is the, is the distribution because I just don't want to be relegated to crowdfunding. I want people to come to my website to buy from me. I want people to go to a comic book store to you know find the books. I want I want it to especially branch out to other areas to make it easier for other people. But in doing so, this is where the catch is. Now I have to make myself, if I could say, vulnerable to like a diamond or a penguin. Because if they don't like our books, that outlet is not available for us. Then on top of that, now you have to come up with strong pitches to comic book stores. Regardless if you have a diamond connection or a penguin connection or a Luna connection or anything to that magnitude, now you got to pitch to comic book stores, make your books uh, available wholesale wise. And that's the other thing that a lot of independent creators don't want to do is put a wholesale price on it. And when I say wholesale price, I mean, talking about maybe like 10 to 25 cents over print costs. And then tell them MSRP for this variant is really $25 and you can make your up your money that way. But yet we'll make back our printing costs plus what 25 cents over that. And people look at that and be like, why are you going to do that to yourself? It's like, if you get into mass volume where you're actually selling 5,000, 10,000, 25,000, it becomes moot. You, you, you have money to keep making your books. Joe, have you been able to get into some stores? <sighs> not through, not without consignment, but I'm, I've been working on my pitch and everything to that magnitude to have it done the wholesale way as opposed to having that 50-50 split. Yeah. Because yeah. that, that kills you. Mm-hmm. That kills you that 50 50 split on a book because now you're, you're making less than your print cost. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. But but listen, Amazonia, it sounds like it's it's going, it's moving along, man. You're moving along. Eighth eighth issue. When do you think you'll have that for Kickstarter next? Uh, if I start in December, it'll probably be sometime around April, May that we will be talking about launching it and really advertising it real hard. And you're doing everything on the book. You do the pencils, inks, colors. No, I don't do the colors. I don't okay. do the colors. I don't do the editing. Okay, gotcha. So, so you do I the do writing the pencils, though and the letter. Writing, pencils, and inks. Okay. And then I have a couple of colors that does the coloring. And Elaine Haygood does the editing. Okay. okay. Now, on in addition to Amazonia, I also do primetime Saturday night, which I'm currently working on. If you watch my podcast, I've been showing people how I do primetime Saturday night and everything to that magnitude. And we're already 11 pages into that 50 page plus book. And each issue is 50 plus pages. And we're going into issue number four, which is the fifth issue. And people up there was like, how are you going to issue number four as the fifth issue? Because we did an issue zero. 
Right. Yeah. We, we did a prequel issue as an issue. Yeah. Zero. And that yeah, was the last I had to drop that with forbidden because it made it too complicated for people. That was yeah. like issue number one, which is really in the second issue. And they're like, what are you talking about? No, like, issue number one was, was, was the original issue, but we did an issue zero because yeah. when we started issue number one, we always talked about a pay-per-view that happened. So I thought it's like, you know what? Why don't we just give them that pay-per-view and, and give them a bigger, you know, the full picture of where everything was at from the very beginning. Right. So once we completed issue zero, we finished up that whole story arc in one nutshell. So technically I could do like a uh, collective of zero through three as one story arc. And then issue number four starts a brand new story arc. So I have time to kind of like maneuver and do what I need to do. Now, the one book that I'm late on is, is AWF number five. That's the one book that I was late on. That's because the artist that I had decided to work on her own book, but I gave her my blessing because she was putting out her own book as well up under the CGC Studios banner and everything. And she's been working her, her tail off and she finally got her own crew together. And she, she finally figured out a lot of the things that I had to go through dealing with other artists like herself and getting the lettering stuff done and getting, you know, dealing with the actual project management. And that was brand new to her. So with her dealing with that aspect, I had to kind of pull everything back. And it's like, you know what, let me go ahead and take back the artwork and I go ahead and draw it myself and everything. Cause I did only one issue of that. And that was issue number one. I drew issue number one and from issue two to issue four, she was doing all the artwork and now i'm going to take back the artwork in issue number five nice nice so you know we're at that that point where you know we want you to basically tell everybody where they can get your books where can they find you on social media and 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 when and what days you are broadcasting your podcast so uh go for it all right well it's right there if you got I got access to the World Wide Web, just go to that link tree, that link tree of L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Silvo that has everything there, that has my DeviantArt, that has the um, YouTube channel for my podcast, which is called From the Desk of a Small Press Publisher, which happens every Saturday at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. It has the company website. It has all my social media from Facebook, Instagram, twitch twitter everything so one stop shopping there and if you want to buy our comic books such as the ones that i showed you here now mind you the cgc certified books are not on the website as soon as we get more of them in stock we're going to have some ready for for comic book shows and some that we're going to put on the website so be be prepared for that that's going to happen starting next year but you can get all copies of our books at cgcstudios.com on our online store there and you can get t-shirts hats fanny packs and everything from our teespring store and all of that is in that one little handy dandy link tree right there you can get to all of it there Outstanding. Outstanding. But thank you, Joe, for being on yeah. the show. Thank you. And thank you for all the, 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 the great conversations when I was doing my live streams. Um, it's always uh, a good time when Joe's in the stream. Uh, but thank you for coming on the show. You're always welcome back. And we wish you a lot of success with what we you're doing. We got to get you guys on my show. We got to get yeah. both of you on my show because we, we need to have that informal talk here. I want, I want to continue on with this, you know, writing other people's IPs and really getting <laughs> to the nitty gritty of some of the stuff that we do in the industry. 
Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Yes. You definitely should. You definitely should. But Joe, thank you again, man. And listen, mm -hmm. thank you so much for the love and support you, you've you've shown for our IPs, you know, mm -hmm. the Avengers Wonder yes. Dogs and this nail in my toilet. We really, really appreciate that. Uh, for those watching, make sure you check out Joe D. McPhee's podcast. I think you come yes. on, you said Saturday nights, right? So make sure you check mm -hmm. that out. Um, and yeah, man. And his link is also in the summary, so just click that link and it'll right. take you directly to his uh, link tree page. That's right. That's right. Well, much success, my brother. We'll talk soon, right. man. All right. You got it. All right. That All right. was Joe D. McPhee again. Um, and it was, it, it was funny. Somehow when we do some of these Get Your Meg segments, you know, we always have a guest that 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 has something that's tied to what we right. – I think that's so always funny, fascinating. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny, dude. It, you know what it is? It, it's the – and that's what we do, why we do this, right? The industry. It, it's it's what we've learned and what we go through. And, and it's – a lot of people go through the same thing. You know yeah. what I mean? And, that, and that's what we talk about. So – it's nice. To, it's nice to hear from him. He, you know, like I said, he's he's been a big supporter of of the craze, and we thank him. So that was. Fun. But I like what, and and for everybody or who's entering the game for the first time, what I the, the takeaways from this was humility, right? Um, honesty. He was he's honest with himself. He understands, right, that there are some things that he um has to work towards, right? He took feedback, constructive feedback, and and that's hard. Right. I, I can tell you, I mean, you know, I, I had to put myself in his seat and say, what happens if that was the feedback I got? What, what, how, how would I handle it? Right. So that was a great example of how to really, if you're really serious about what you want to do, to really take a hard look. Self-reflection is always the hardest thing for any human being. Right. To look in the mirror and just dissect yourself. And that's why he's making the headway. That's why he's building these these bridges towards his end game, right? Because he understands that number one, everything's about grit, grinding, daily, consistent work, right? And it's also about being honest with yourself. And that's the hard part. So if all you are aspiring creators out there, you know, the one thing that'll get you further is being able to take constructive criticism, be, being able to take a look at yourself and your work and and continue to strive forward and, and say, you know what, what part of this is relevant to me? How true is this? And then what can I do to fix it? Well, that's the key word, right? Constructive. You got to make sure that it is something that's constructive. And that's just, yes. It's not just somebody saying something just to say yes. something. And, you know, to, you know, you got to you got to be mindful of where the, the feedback is coming from and how it's being delivered and what it's actually going to do to what you're trying to do. Yes. So, yeah, constructive criticism is very important, especially when it's coming from somebody who, for example, has a successful, uh, you know, platform like Comixology uh, was for many years. So when somebody's right. telling you, dude, you, you have a family, you got you got some good stuff here. Just tweak a couple of things and you'd go far. Hey, you got to take heed and say, hey, you know what? Maybe I need to do some changes. And he did. And congratulations to Joe, because, you know, not, not too many people take that. You know, some people be like, oh, I know a lot of people that they, they look at the highway, the highway. And, uh, you know, and it's like, um, you know, and, and, it, and it's you got you, you they're still at the same bus stop. Right. So it's like, you know, it's, it's time to move forward. And, uh, you know, that's the reason why I mean, like for me, you know, for me, there's a reason why I love art of books. There's a reason why I I have a list of pros that I follow on social media and on their YouTube channels because. I'm always getting into their mind and, and, and learning about their process and how they approach certain things. And, and, you know, so I think, you know, we, we all are this whole exercise with, with ASAP was a great exercise. It really challenged me. Right. Um, yeah. I don't remember any time I, that I've worked on somebody else's written project. Right. Right. You know, so, so for me, it was like, 
all right, Sam, you know, time to flex some muscles. And, um, you know, and I think that's the great thing. Anytime you can be uncomfortable and try something new, you know, you, you, it's going to help you grow, you know? Yeah, but that was another episode of uh, Cast to Creates. If you like this episode, give us a thumbs up, hit that like button, subscribe, recommend it to a friend. And remember, you can also catch Cast to Creates on all your streaming platforms from iHeart, Pandora, Spotify. So if you're driving, you're on the road, you're in the gym working out, you can always listen to us on the go. And, uh, you know, when you subscribe, we grow in the, in the community grows. And don't forget, Check out my art channel, The Art of Samuel. Um, right now, uh, there's a new episode, my experience at Countdown and uh, the prep work before, the setup, and the after. And uh, if you haven't signed up for this Nearly in My Toilet book number four, please sign up for it today. You know, we are, wow, five weeks away. Five weeks away. Is it really? Damn. Crazy. You know, January 3rd, we start the new year with book number four. And if you're coming back and you uh, if you backed any of my campaigns before, you come back for a physical tier, you're going to get this enamel pin. It's right here. Boom. I already got it. Where's it? Um, for free. So, uh, yeah. And don't forget, check out Get Your Mids. It's right, on the screen. it's right on that screen. That's where you can get yourself Rush 5377 and the Adventures of Wonder Duck and a whole lot more from the Dream of Medina. And join us Thursday morning for the Morning Brew with the Crazy Crew, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we're going to be talking about a whole lot of stuff like don't do it to yourself. Don't do it to yourself. Don't spend more than you you, you make, right? And uh, so we'll talk about that and a whole lot more. So with that said, I'm your host with the most Sam, the crazy man, Vera. Do it. Dream of Medina, please. And we are out. Now, I was talking about my friend, Aquise. I met him. Say my name, say my name. This is what you were thinking? Oh, my God. He said, I'm the answer. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. Catch the craze. You are listening to Catch the Craze. Uh, this is craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. <laughs>